Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. And this week, it's Fuck You, Aurora. Did you know that, uh, Tim, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. It's, it's not particularly popular or like a cult classic or beloved or wasn't on TV a lot, but it's called uh, Wayne's World. And it takes place in Aurora, Illinois. I don't know if you know that. My, my. Look at you, David Anthony. Timothy. Just. Jay Crisp. Trying to come in with a nice little softball for Tim. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe if Tim talks about Wayne's World, he won't talk about how bad he showed me up last week when he brought his best friend Brendan Kelly of the Lawrence Arms onto this podcast. Mr. Oh, I got Jeremy Balm from Touche More. Come over. Talk about Queen of Pain, my Yakuan Trio on my podcast. Hey, Tim, you remember that? You remember how I did that? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. How are you, David? So the song Fuck You, Aurora is the fourth song on Maybe I'll Catch Fire, which is the band's second album. Yep. It's a lot like Wayne's World 2 in that way. You mean it's not as good as the first one? One can argue. Alice Cooper's also on it, so that is another connection. Yo. Wayne's World 2 is really, really not given its due credit for being a very bad movie. Excuse me. It's not very good. You look at Mike Myers and you say, man, guy did three things. and uh, But he made seven movies out of those three things. That is true. <laughs> That is true. Um, That's really uh, blood from a stone. There. As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio uh, every week. Also blood from a stone. Here. We talk about one Alkaline Trio song. Last week, my best friend Brendan Kelly came on the show and we talked about an Alkaline Trio song called Mercy Me. Um, that was a, a real pleasure to have Brendan on this show. Um, Does your best friend follow you on Twitter? That is a subject that we are not discussing on this podcast okay. we're talking about as you were a podcast about alkaline trio um why would we talk about twitter like good question God. nothing good happens there um yeah so anyway it was really cool having brendan uh come on um it was mm -hmm. awesome you know because we spent a lot of time um back when you were working at the av club and I would say, like, you think Brendan wants to come on? And you're like, oh, maybe I'll ask him. But now that uh, we've got Road to the Skeleton Coast, a very successful podcast that I host um, with Brendan, um, yeah, it was pretty easy getting them on to talk mm -hmm. about Mercy Me. And a totally enjoyable experience for all of our listeners. And... Uh... <laughs> David just trying to, like keep up he can't keep up with me are you looking at your phone 
Yeah, I mean, I just want to let you get through your bit. You'll tire yourself out in due time. Um, so, Fuck You, Aurora is uh, the fourth song on Maybe I'll Catch Fire, uh, which is, I think we have now covered the first half of Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Um, and it's such a weird and interesting first half of a record, I have to say. Um, long, but also yeah. daring. Yes. Um, a lot of these songs are long. I always expected until we recently found out that uh, the longest song in their canon is not on this record was surprising to me. Um, but really, this is I, I think that's slightly unfair because all of Dan's songs are pretty to the point. On this one, yeah. um, it's really just mm-hmm. it's really just Matt who is like sprawling out, and uh, I think we've talked about it every time one of these songs has come up. Like "Keep 'Em Coming" is a great example of it. "Sleepyhead" is a great example of it. This being another mm-hmm. one, where like I would say six months to a year's year later, these songs, if you wrote them, would not be the same. Like just one hundred percent would not. Yeah, which is like um, pretty fucking awesome. I think that there are. You know, there aren't too many bands, aren't too many musicians um, that we have the ability to canonize in such a like, would it be a temporal way? Um, mm. You know, the fact that like these songs came in, in this very short time span um, and they all sound a certain way and it's all dictated by just like the I guess surrounding environments that we like get to explore in, Mm. in the ways that we, you know, get to talk about like Bob Dylan, like going electric or, um, you know, all of these fucking classic stories of, of people who are, you know, in a very exciting, creative rush, um, and then having circumstances, like really show uh, on the finished product. And in this instance, you have the Alkaline Trio making a record like God damn it, which nobody could have possibly predicted um, yeah. very quickly and emphatically following that up with, I lied my face off. Mm. And then it's like second album. We're, going for it and they they put something together that is um you know i think that it's got a lot of urgency in just making a a good second lp to prove that Mm. it wasn't a fluke um and there's not a lot of uh uh you don't see a lot of ideas that are stopped and re-examined and and i say that in a way that it's like you know for better or for worse but i think like really um it's not a it's not like a an argument of for better or for worse but it's just like very interesting to see things that don't get filtered because we do get songs like sleepyhead and we get Mm -hmm. one like this which fuck you aurora is a very very interesting song um, yes, that I think is a pretty bold gesture for 
mm-hmm. a punk band. I mean, it absolutely is. I not many punk bands at any point in their career take two and a half minutes to actually get to the chorus. Uh, this song doesn't feel that way because I think Matt's vocal melody and the verses with the whole my, my construction um, is very catchy and his voice sounds very good. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, just this very soft, like melancholic wilt to the guitar playing, which I think has always grabbed me kind of out of the gate where the lengthy instrumental portions of the song do not feel like they are uh, in vain. Waka waka. Um <laughs> But, I mean, it's it's really fucking weird. You know, the fact that this song, I think, even has a modicum of popularity among a lot of the fan base, and I think even people who aren't really Alkaline Trio fans generally, is very strange to me. Mm -hmm. Because, aside from the fact that, like, it has a big fuck you in the title and top of each chorus, I don't envision this song mentally as being a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I I think that, um, you know, you brought up the guitar line and I think that it's it's a good example of how um, something that is played at the right pace is mm-hmm. really, really the key because this is actually like a pretty busy uh, guitar lead that opens this song there's a lot of movement within it but it's just played at such a a pace that is really really dialed in it's really effortless so you feel a lot of movement but it all takes its time and i think that this Mm -hmm. song like as you as you're saying um it all really takes its time and it's a a very very well dialed in mid-tempo pace um but yeah, I I feel like this is it's it does have those crowd pleasing elements. I think that it it's also it would have the ability to really like stop a set's momentum for sure, for sure. Or when placed properly, it would be a very climactic moment for a set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always liked it on the record because I think it's placed very well to me. It's it's kind of the ballad of the first half of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think is a little softer to then lead into Sleepyhead's a little more jagged anger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just funny to think about how like Fuck You Aurora and Sleepyhead together is like almost 10 minutes of music. Um, yeah, dude, I mean, if it, you... Um... It's, it's sorry to interrupt, but I think it's a it's a point worth bringing up because uh, we both love Bruce Springsteen and we know mm-hmm. that Bruce really, really loves to sequence his LPs. And that first side, it's got to have, you know, it's got to have its opener and it's also got to ha- it's got to end with like kind of a, a melancholy closer mm-hmm. uh backstreets yeah. on on born to run um the difference between springsteen and alkaline trio is that alkaline trio is is a punk band and so like rather than there's no saxophone solo exactly rather than end with uh the ballad here um you get a song like sleepyhead which is 
really there to like put discomfort into the listen, which is something like Springsteen's yeah. not going to do, uh, except on State Trooper. Oh! Um, but yeah, this is like, like to your point, very, very well sequenced, very, very smart, uh, like placement of a ballad. And that's, that's totally what the song is. The song communicates so much sadness, anger. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I think really helps carry it is like, you know, Dan and Glenn are really locked in and, and really get the mood of the song. And I think, you know, we talk so much when we talk about God damn it songs about Glenn being so busy and making it feel like it's falling off the rails, but he's really in control here and he's really in control on this record mm -hmm. in a way that I've always felt that like, this almost feels like a song Derek could have even written because there's just a lot of similarities I feel on how they they treat the open space, mm -hmm. but you know in what I think is that last verse, you know there is a lot more room. There's no guitars and the drums are just really kind of punctuating in a little bit, um, and it makes me wonder what it would have been like. I hate ever doing that with like bands or whatever. Like what if such and such, but like I do wonder what it would have been like if he had ever had the opportunity to play on material that surfaced on like a good morning, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. because I think, I think they have a very similar vibe. Yeah, definitely. If structured very differently. Mm -hmm. um, so this song, um, you know, it's, it has kind of a, it kind of has its own life, I think within the discography. Um, and this is, it, I would love to hear from some of our younger listeners um people who got into the alkaline trio uh later on where maybe the asian man years are a little spotty to them like i i would love to hear where this song fits for them um mm -hmm. i think you and i share the experience of of growing up with this band and fuck you aurora was one of those songs that was a really, really popular Alkaline Trio mm -hmm. song, but in very, like, strange and... Not strange, but unique ways, where, sure, like you said, sure. I mean, outside no, fans I like mean, it a lot. And I think that... It, I mean, it makes sense it's on a record with radio, which is another one that, like, has, uh, you know, that one even more so is, like, I think bigger to the outside world. But it's just weird to me that this record has kind of always felt like it has a couple tracks that really hit people when there are what I think are more accessible songs on almost everything else. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a song that um, I think that it gets kind of phased out by the time mm -hmm. Good Morning and, and Crimson come along. And especially that includes like the songs that are on Remains, too, where you're sure. stacking so much weight that, um, you know, fuck you, Aurora. Um, I know that it's definitely got its impassioned fans, but I feel like if fuck you, Aurora was your third favorite alkaline trio song in the year 2002, um, it's probably like your 12th favorite alkaline trio song now. 
Sure. I mean, I think that's an interesting thing. Like, I love this song out of the gate, and I still really like it, mm-hmm. but I never think to put it on because it's it's one I've heard so much through that type of way. Not even through seeing them play it that much. Like, I don't feel like they really did anything to grease the wheels for this one. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was just a song I heard a lot because people seem to like it a lot for reasons I can't explain aside from i mean i think it's a good song but like right i mean let's fucking date ourselves um mm-hmm. because like think about the year 2002 um how did you get your music back then you might have like maybe hit kaza um you might have just bought a lot of cds but mm-hmm. a lot of us had burn cds that our friends gave totally and my guess is that if you were to look at the people who are exposed to the alkaline trio through friends the people who heard radio on a mix cd probably had fuck you aurora on that same mix cd from that same friend because i would guess so Mm -hmm. i also think even if you're a kazaa downloader hearing of this band what song immediately grabs your eye it's the one with fuck you yeah like i'm I'm just being 100 percent honest Mm -hmm. like especially for me like i can speak to the fact that when i was younger like it sounds dumb but that was kind of a selling point dude yeah like you were fucking kid the f word angry and angsty Uh and like for me like it definitely played a role in like the hardcore stuff I was getting into from the eighties where there was a lot more like, you know, like the first MDC song I heard mm-hmm. was John Wayne was a Nazi yeah. because that was the fucking title of the song. Not even one of their best songs on that record, mm-hmm. but it was the first one I heard, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, because it, it, you're like, Oh shit, I want to know what that's about. Mm-hmm. And I think you hear a song like fuck you Aurora and, if you're from around where we're from, you know, that's a location, but a lot of people are like, you know, I guess maybe that's true if you're from Colorado as well and maybe uh-huh. other States yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. But like, there's that question of like, is it a person? Is it like, what is the thing you, there's just the curiosity gap that makes you click on that one before you click on right. fucking cringe. I, yeah, I think that that is really one of the coolest things about this song is that, yeah, if you're like, we have the unique experience of growing up around Chicago. Um, Alkaline Trio is a Chicago band, and Aurora, as uh, Wayne Campbell pointed out to us, is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And so you hear this song, and it's like, cool. Um, it, in a in a very I think specific way, especially if you're a teenager. Um. Oh my God! There's a there's a song by a a band that I like that references a town that's nearby mm-hmm. to me. It's like um, yeah. I don't know my um my friend Scott uh always likes to bring up the fact that like to him hearing Watch Flies Fuck on Channel Eleven was like the like was just mm. such a monumental experience for him because it was like, Oh my God. Cha- like channel 11. That's, but, but with, I mean, similarly, mm-hmm. but I, as we discussed when we just talked about the song, I thought he said, watched grand funk on channel 11 <laughs> because, you know, 
why not? Um, the 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 funny thing, or the I guess the the point that I was I started to make was the fact that yeah, you don't know what this song is actually about. Like, mm-hmm. is Aurora is it Aurora the place? Uh, is it Aurora person? Um, y- you took my only friend. You mm-hmm. won't catch me behind the wheel of a Chrysler ever again. What is the like? I mean, surely there are ways to navigate what he's saying to say, this is what it's about. But there are really like four lanes that exist where you can say like, oh, that's what this song is about. Well, I mean, you keyed in on most of the like iconic lines in the song, but there's even more to it, you know, than that, like the you know, like cutest little grave digger line people mm-hmm. latch on to. But I think even with the my, my thing, like when I was younger, like the, like, uh, you know, big fucking tornado, like that, oh, whole, like yeah. he, he's really, he's really, he's being very economical in his word mm-hmm. choice. And I think, um, clearly trying to paint a picture that like, when I heard this as a kid and the reason it resonated with me, it's stronger after a certain period of time. It's like, I thought it was like about someone he knew dying that's what it seemed to be right about. yeah and I, um, I remember hearing that too that it was yeah someone and if um, i remember correctly in the liner notes i could pull a copy of the record but why fact check is i remember there was like a dedication to someone uh-huh. in the record so i thought that's what it was mm. right yeah that's the information i had to work off of mm-hmm. so that's what i pieced together right yeah totally i think that like it's like we're always gonna be compelled by like what does it mean? What mm-hmm. the uh, the magic to it is the fact that Matt was able to craft something that probably does have a very distinct meaning, but is really really open for interpretation. And it's one that you know, with a lot of their songs, I've always. Um, I don't think I've always wanted to know what they're about after the 97 fiasco shook me to my core <laughs> um, and eventually came back around on it. I kind of was like, you know, I don't think I need to know. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a video on YouTube of him playing this song, like acoustically is something. And he tells the story of what it's about. Oh, wow. And it's all there in the song, yeah. but it's not what anyone thinks. It's not nearly as heavy. Uh-huh. Um, so you can look it up. I could recount it here, but as you may guess, it's not as heavy as we thought it was. Right, right. Which, I mean, do good on him for being able to make it feel that way. Exactly. Um. So here's here's my deal with this song. Um, mm-hmm. I really like this song. I I like everything about this song on paper, like so much this song i think would be a five out of five for me and it still might be Mm -hmm. the the problem that i have with this song is is and it's got nothing to do with the song itself it's mostly the fact that it's a song that i ended up hearing a lot and it's a Mm. song that like I think got taken a little bit by a crossover of people who didn't 
like like the alkaline trio a ton but they knew this song so i ended up hearing it so much more than i think people should (laughs) and yeah and it's like it's a weird song to have heard too many times just like out of sequence like this song that when you're um i guess as it starts to become like overkill the song drags on and then the like yeah. the fuck you becomes like a little bit lost a little corny too yeah um which i think you know totally is like i think the use of fuck and stuff like that in a song like it really should be used sparingly mm-hmm. you know um and and i'm even like down with it it's just like you know it's like hearing a song too many times and and being like feeling a little bit overexposed to it and not by choice it's kind of just like it's not that i'm mad at this song for saying fuck it's Mm. like i'm mad at like this person who is like really into like disturbed who likes this Mm. song because it's the like one of two alkaline trio songs that they know and it uses well, the it word fuck because right. he could say fuck you <laughs> you know it it makes perfect sense to me um but here's the thing is i will actually i will definitely say i heard it too much at a certain point uh-huh. but there is a this is also a song like i really like it a lot but it's like i don't really to your point like live it has to be very specific the vibe has to be right it has to just kind of come out and feel good and capture the room which i don't think it always will do but my idealized version like the reason the song is basically perfect to me is that my memories of this song and the way that i still think this song works best is like record on headphones on mm-hmm. laying on my bed no one else is around yeah. not that this song feels like particularly personal but I think everything it's expressing musically, lyrically, the vocal melodies, dance harmonies, everything about it, it just feels very lonesome. It feels very personal. Mm-hmm. It feels very intimate. And that's how I prefer to hear it. And hearing a song like that become this like, yeah, it's on the mix CD at the party or we're hanging out and driving around. It It is kind of fucking weird. Yeah. And I think that like, um, I think that I have had, uh, a sordid history of uh being a naysayer um and this is an instance where i feel very aware of the fact that i've like come on here and been like yeah that song's actually not that good um mm-hmm. this is this is an instance where there's like like psychological undoing that i'm just like I'm stuck with and I don't want it to Fuck. I don't want it to come off like um I mean I know I did like get you know mad at the uh the like rhetorical disturbed fan who uh played this at the lunchroom too many times but uh you know I it's it's tough it's tough to like dislodge uh sometimes and yeah I mean, there are songs I like I never need to hear again. Like, that's how I feel about Everlong at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, unequivocally, 
one of the best alt rock songs of the 90s in my opinion i'm good for real yeah Mm -hmm. like to me this is i i don't read what you're saying is like oh this song is bad but like you can definitely hear something too much there i'm very prone to or was very prone to it rather where like i'm much better now and i have been in the past few years of like when i hear a record a new record that i'm like oh fuck like i try not to overplay it because after six months i'm not gonna want to fucking hear it anymore Mm -hmm. and that sucks Mm -hmm. like it sucks when you really burn yourself out and that can happen and I think during that period of time, us being the ages we were, you can have that thrust upon you without really your your you aren't in control of that thing happening. Yeah, totally. You know? And I think that like as um as this band started putting out more music, this song um it really like it shifted, um, you know, it's, it's place in like, not only just the like full on like hierarchy of rating alkaline trio songs, but in alkaline trio ballads, this was outdone. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't see the song as being, um, in a different cat, like subcategory than continental and continental is, is the fucking greatest. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they have a lot of songs of that ilk. I mm-hmm. love like 97, this continental Queen of pain radio, while you're waiting, like, like Queen of uh-huh. pain. I mean, I would put on black in that category a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, there's just, there's a lot. I think that's, they have a right. lot of songs in this realm. Mm-hmm. I love most of yeah. them. Um, so even though it may be near my bottom of that list, it's still very high. It's just like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of songs I would rather hear at a live show randomly in passing, or I think to put on that aren't this one. That doesn't mean it's not good. Mm. It just means that I think like, to your point, like it's definitely an era area they explored a lot. And I think not overdid, but did it enough to where you kind of can take your pick. Yeah, totally. That's like kind of what I, um, that's why I'm interested in hearing, uh, you know, from someone who got in, in like 2006, like, you know, <coughs> where's this one rank for you? Um, and yeah, I, I, I think that the thing about this song is that it's, it is like uniquely, a very very evocative song from mm-hmm. that um and like maybe i'll catch fire has so much great imagery and yes and it's just painted with a very very specific hue that i i've really come to respect a lot um and the way that this song like anchors that is an absolute testament to um every every good thing about maybe i'll catch fire i think is Mm -hmm. is in this song yeah and i think that's the thing is like i think it's their best album cover easily Mm -hmm. in my opinion i think that image is so evocative um and i think really matches what the record is is very dark tenor that's kind of cast over everything, this kind of impending doom that's just outside of the frame. Um, and I think that's what this the best songs on this album do. 
it's the one that I don't reach for the most, but when I'm in the mood for it, it hits like none other can. And I'm, I always prefer bands that have that type of thing. Like, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about it the last few weeks, but like, you know, like I love hardcore, but you know, with most of those bands, I need a release or two of the ones that have been long running for a very long time. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's fine. Um, because often they do one thing and then start doing it less well. Um, and I've kind of always preferred bands that kind of get outside that box a little bit. And I think, you know, it's what we talked about with this band's issues in the 2010s mm-hmm. of being a little too in the box and doing one thing. And I wish they would, you know, allow themselves to explore that weirdness again, which I think the new EP did a little bit. And uh, I think this album does better than most anything else. I think that this album is um you know when you talk to matt skiba for rank your records uh he didn't have a lot of positive things to say about it uh none it seemed (laughs) but i think that that um you know the is it like nose to the grindstone is that the phrase of making this album making this second album um where they 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 don't have the ability to just like pop one off uh that just like came out of nowhere the amount of work that they had to do to make something that was like distinctive and was Mm -hmm. not like a crazy stroke of luck that achievement like is like something that's like worth commending like maybe even more than the like absolute like crazy cosmic magic that came together for yeah god damn it true i mean for me everything up through this record i feel is like one piece that i always visualize in my brain because it kind of touches on everything i i love about them obviously they are distinct entities but you know basically in i would say from you know, the first EP with Dan uh, for your lungs only to this in three years, they put out a lot of material, all of which is pretty different from one another. And I like all quite a bit, Um, you know, and and that this is the sound of a band kind of, I think burning out a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. They would have a member change um, pretty quickly after the record was out it was pretty tumultuous seemingly during the writing of it. They were more fractured. They weren't all living in the same house anymore. Um, things were changing. And I think it's the sound of that. And I think they figured out how to then adapt to that and make things together cohesively after that. But it, it, it does seem like the most raw, genuine expression of like, everything feels dark and fucked up and weird. And it comes through. And I like it for that reason. What do you rate it? Five. Five out of five. I don't think I've ever come into uh, a episode of this podcast with less of an idea of what I wanted to rate this song. It was either going to be four and a half out of five or five. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking about that all day. And then once I started talking about it, I was like, well, it's obvious to me now. Hey, a lot of things are obvious to me when when we start talking. 
And the most obvious is that I love friendship. And that's why we do this podcast, uh, as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, because um, we wanted to talk about an Alkaline Trio song every week, and we have done just that. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. Uh, you can pledge a monthly amount to help us uh, continue to create content. And if you go over there now, you can listen to um, me and my best friend, Brendan Kelly, talking to uh, one of my other best friends, um, Dan Andriano of the Alkaline Trio. Uh, I did not mention the fact that I have a podcast called As You Were a Podcast Mm -hmm. about Alkaline Trio. We were all having such a good time. I didn't want to complicate that. But um, you can also go over there and listen to David and I um, and our brand new podcast venture, um, Smash You Were, a podcast about Mm -hmm. Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins, which was fucking so much fun to record. but basically, Patreon is like the coolest place ever, and you should come hang out with us. Patreon.com slash as you were. Um, we do this show every week because we uh, we just have so much fun doing it. We thank you for coming and invite you to rate and subscribe and to tell a friend and to come back next week. We've got another Alkaline Trio song to talk about, and by golly, I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, fellas. Nice.